And that's okay, how and, I saved and, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but then I hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on Ray. Is that German? I think so. Like, I am. I am infirm, as you can tell from my voice. Ah, good thing we're keeping it to an hour these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got me some uh, a fisherman's friend in my mouth. Uh, mm. The only cough drops at work. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Fisherman's Friend. The only cough drops that work. <laughs> my iTunes is doing that thing where when you open it, it just checks the iTunes library for three days. Oh man, I hate that. <sighs> there it goes. Hooray. Yay. Yeah. What good time that you started it uh three days ago to that minute. Well I knew mm. I knew we were going to be doing the show here on Sunday, February tenth. So I figured might as well start it up. You're dating it. You're dating it. <laughs> Damn it. Right, I'm sorry. It's not like anyone else would. <sighs> oh <laughs> our our show is alone. <laughs> Forever alone. It's just us and the two listeners. We have two <laughs> listeners now? When did that happen? Both of them. <laughs> our, our listenership has doubled since the start of the new year. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I saw the residents last night. I saw the tweets. Yes. It was uh, quite the entertaining show. Mm-hmm. Was this your first resident show? No, this was number four. But the great thing is you never know what you're going to get with the residents. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I saw them do uh, the Talking Light show twice, it was still a different show each night. I mean, same set, different. Well, no, they actually changed up the set list a little too, but. Is a resident show like a traditional concert? Because I feel like I've never seen the residents before, but it seems to me like it would be this sort of performance as if you were going to see like the theater or something as opposed to, all right, we're going to play some songs. Yeah, yeah no, it, it totally is like a performance. It's, it, I mean, it's, it follows usually like the, the kind of concert form mm-hmm. in that it, there is like, you know, a lot of songs, but I mean, it, it is very theatrical, even, even when there aren't like stories and stuff between the songs. Yes. It's still very much a performance and not just some dudes getting ready to rock your face off. <laughs> Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. And the, you said they, the venue was weird. Yeah, it was like this nightclub. Mm. I mean, like the kind of place someone on Twitter posted there. It it was like the kind of place that Chris Brown would get into a fight in. Mm. <laughs> Which is an odd place to see a band like the Residents. In fact, you know, they the show ended at ten o'clock. They had to get us out so because they had another event starting at eleven. <laughs> so how long was the show? Uh, was, uh, uh almost a, a little over an hour and a half. But, uh, Expensive? Yeah, 35 bucks. Meh. Not too bad. And I spent uh, 20 bucks on merch. And more money than I really should have on beer, but <laughs> that's New York for you. Yeah. I uh, have spent much too much money on concert t-shirts. 
Yeah, I, I was considering getting an eyeball shirt, but they were 25 bucks, and I'm like, no, I have enough t-shirts. Mm-hmm. What, what are the shirts this time? Is it uh, just the standard kind of, you know, black eyeball, or is it Yeah, they had different? the they had the standard eyeball, they had the Wonder of Weird logo shirt, and they had, like, I think a, a, a hoodie with that eye on it as well. Mm. They also had a Wonder of Weird coin, which I considered getting until I realized it was just a coin. It wasn't one of those things that unlocked, like, a download or something. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Like, the, the press, or the, the little backstage pass fake things that they had on, like, Talking Light and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, do they have any of those this time, or is it all just, like, they had They had leftover uh, backstage passes from Talking Light. Oh, okay, but nothing new? No, nah, just the, just, well, they had the two CDs that of stuff, Mushroom right. and two times, two, ten two times. Yeah, try saying that three times fast. <laughs> two times. But it was a, it was an interesting show, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I went, I'm glad I braved the elements. Ah, <laughs> I forgot about the elements. Nemo, all up in our region. <laughs> that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. New York didn't, um, how many inches did you guys get, Rich? I don't even know how much we got, but it made my girlfriend have to go in and work on a Sunday, which is bullshit. Boo. How does, what is her occupation that snow would make her have to go into work? Because snow would. usually causes people to stay home. She works for sanitation uh, as a clerk, so. Ah. And they're responsible for snow removal. Mm. I think <sighs> we got 30 inches. Wow. I remember yeah. 36 inches in the storm of 93 in Philly, but yeah, that's a lot of snow. Um, mm-hmm. in any case, um, well, we're not here to talk about weather. I think we're here to talk about film soundtracks. <laughs> I, I got, uh, no snow. <laughs> <laughs> good. I like the snow. I like a good blizzard once in a while. I canceled, well, my, uh, the community college where I teach closed on Friday. So I had a three day weekend and other than the shoveling, it was quite a enjoyable Snowed in extravaganza. Yeah, I had to work from home. Ugh. Yeah. Well, so film soundtracks. <laughs> Is uh, President's Day? Wait, what? What? Hmm. <laughs> uh, a- Andrew will get like two, three day weekends in a row. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we don't. Um, I don't think we have tomorrow off. Is tomorrow President's Day? No, no, no. Mon- next Monday. Yes. Okay. That day we do have off. Uh, yeah, because you had this. This. This was a three day weekend, and then next week will be a three day weekend. That, that's proof. what I was saying. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, it's tough being an educator. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny too. Like um, speaking, well, not really speaking, but um, uh, I I was since we're uh, by uh, bi weekly now. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of mm-hmm. funny because like I. Ended up like uh, telling my mom that, and we ended up like, getting into a fight about what uh, whether or not biweekly means like twice a week or every other week, and which and it means both. Um, but then on uh, the official uh, animated television program of Crush on Radio Archer, they had the same fight uh, between Archer and Ron on um, about uh, the word bi yearly. So I just thought that was kind of amusing. Huh. I don't recall that joke. Is that a season three thing? Uh, season yeah, season four just started, so yeah. It was oh, on this week's episode. 
I haven't uh, checked for season three on Netflix yet. Ah, I mm. know it just came out on on DVD, so hopefully it'll be there. Hopefully. I tried to show my sister the first episode of Archer uh, <laughs> over the weekend, and she did not take to it. But as I've said before on the program, I feel like Archer is a fine wine that must be you must get acclimated to in order to understand all of the running jokes. Guys, mm. we only got an hour. Anyway, I guess we should talk about film soundtracks or something. Yes. Uh, Obviously, I I took the lead last time, so, Andrew. All right. So, uh, my film soundtrack of choice is from the 2004 comedy drama film Garden State, which was written and directed and stars Zach Braff along with Natalie Portman. And uh, Peter Sarsgaard and Ian Holm, um, which is about a guy, consequently, or coincidentally rather, named Andrew, who uh, is a 26-year-old actor. And he goes, returns to his home, his home state of New Jersey, after his mother dies. And he kind of undergoes this sort of personal awakening. I wouldn't really consider it a coming-of-age film because he doesn't really get older, but he does kind of... Um, undergo this personal awakening, which speaks to me as somebody in his mid-20s who also has no idea what he's doing with his life. Um, The soundtrack was compiled, I believe, exclusively by Zach Braff. Uh, Zach Braff is also the main guy from Scrubs. Um, He was also in a movie called The Last Kiss, which is um, quite good. And uh, the soundtrack was very highly touted. Uh, along with the film. The, f- the film was positively received, and uh, it's one of my favorite movies. And the soundtrack was also got very good reviews, and I'm pretty sure Zach Braff put the whole thing together himself, since this this was his his uh, his movie. He did, you know, all the writing and the directing and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know how we want to do this, but the, the soundtrack features such artists as Coldplay, The Shins are on there a couple of times, Zero Seven, Colin Hay, Carrie Brothers, Remy Zero, Nick Drake, um, Thievery Corporation, Simon and Garfunkel, Iron and Wine, Fru Fru, Fra Fra, Fru Fru, Fru Fru, one of those. Uh, Bonnie Somerville. Yeah. You you um, singled out the uh, the song "The Only Living Boy in New York." I did. That was my uh, my favorite. That's also my favorite scene in the movie, and uh, we can play that for the folks now. Strum, strum, strummy, strum, strum. I get the news I need. Don't know where to report. I just think it's interesting that uh, we're going to be doing two Paul Simon songs in this uh, in this episode. Yes. Two Paul Simon songs, and your soundtrack also has a Nick Drake song. Um, he did one of these things first on on the Garden State soundtrack. Um, so I picked The Only Living Boy in New York because I'm not a huge Simon and Garfunkel connoisseur, although I tend to like the songs of theirs that I come across. Um, and uh, I don't know, I like that song a lot. It's during a very sort of cathartic moment in the movie. Um so it always reminds me of that scene, which I'm a big fan of. And uh, I think when it comes to 
soundtracks as a whole, they need to, the best soundtracks kind of really evoke the feeling of the film themselves, which I suppose doesn't really make sense because I guess the soundtrack is integral to evoking, is instrumental to the feeling of the movie because the kind of music that's featured in the movie is going to determine how the movie feels. Um, but I don't know. This soundtrack is just very cohesive for me. That The songs feel like they fit together. Um, and, you know, it could just be a random collection of songs, like a, a playlist as compared to a mixtape, which, Rich, I think you could speak a little bit better about. Hmm. But I don't know. It's just a, it's a great soundtrack. It's a great movie, one of my favorites. And um, it's one of my comfort movies. I could watch it um, whenever I'm feeling blue. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how to how to really talk about a soundtrack. So let's discuss. Yeah. Uh, before we really start discussing, just a quick question: How many have we ever have we actually seen each other's movies? I haven't seen. I have seen your movie, Rich, but a very long time ago, and I remember very little about it. I have not seen Matt's movie. Yeah, and I haven't seen either. Yeah, I, I've seen uh, Riches, but I have not seen Garden State. Nice. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, well, I think we're sort of like evaluating these as they stand on their own, I guess, then. Um, yeah. Well, right out the gate, I'm not a fan of Coldplay, so that song's mm-hmm. out. But uh, the uh, the two Shins tracks I, I love because, I mean, I'm not saying, I can't say I'm a Shins fan, but I've got that album, that, they're, that, that first Shins album. Yep. Oh, Inverted World? Yeah, that's the one. That's mm-hmm. the one. The one that has Caring is Creepy and New Slang on it. Correct. Which are great songs. And yes. of course, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, that's that's a great song. And we'll, we'll talk up Simon and Garfunkel, or at least Paul Simon a little more later. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know how any of this relates to the movie, but it, it was a very cohesive thing. Um, I, was, found it inter- I was also pleased to see Iron and Wine on there. I, I don't know the Postal Service, but I do like Iron and Wine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you might be surprised at because it's not the sort of thing you'd expect to hear out of my, hear me like so. Yeah, postal service. I feel like is more in, in your wheelhouse. But uh, the song that Rich is talking about is "Such Great Heights," which is a cover of the postal service song by Iron and Wine. Hmm. A very a much a much. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that song by the postal service, but the uh, the Iron and Ron, the Iron and Wine version is much slower and quiet and acoustic as compared to more of the upbeat sort of electronic feel of the Postal Service version. As is sort of befitting Iron and Wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I should put a bunch of these in the show notes. Yeah. To the YouTube. I also think it's interesting that, you know, this is, I mean, this is a music for, a music for the motion picture type of deal, like soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Right. And Matt and mine are more like, also include like film score stuff. Yeah, because yours is kind of more of a hybrid because you've mm-hmm. got those sort of the instrumental parts as well as the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say that as far as Coldplay goes, we haven't talked about Coldplay on the show, I don't think. But I, I kind of I used to be kind of conflicted about the Coldplay because everybody that was all the rage in high school, and uh, I was like, eh, this is kind of lame. But I really enjoy uh, that song. Possibly because of its inclusion in this movie. Uh, the song by Coldplay is Don't Panic. Um, and I think it's a great little song. I'm not a huge Coldplay fan. I like a handful of songs. And I really like their um, Viva La Vida album from start to finish. That's the only Coldplay album that I can listen to in its entirety. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I get the, the Coldplay hate. But I also think that they can they can do a good job. 
there's there's far worse bands. I'll give them, I'll give you that. Points. There are worse bands. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. See, this is. I might have to Let's go check out the movie. I might have to go check out the movie now that I've listened to the soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good. Um, I think is it an independent film? I'm not sure. It's a very, you know, I mean, Zach Braff is kind of a. How old is he? He must be in his 30s now. Let's see. He's 37 right now. Yeah, but he's always been kind of known. I don't know. Zach Braff has always kind of been a. Uh, what do you call it? A proponent of the exploring the mid 20s quarter life crisis sort of genre, um, whether that's on Scrubs or in this film. Uh, and that really uh, speaks to me because that's kind of my area of interest. Uh, I don't know. You can talk, Matt. Okay. Um, maybe. Yeah. I, I, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I may not be able to talk from a technical level. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I was really glad that you chose uh, Only Living Boy in New York because that's one of my favorite Simon and Garfunkel songs. And I mm-hmm. I love Simon and Garfunkel anyway. So I, it's like, yay. Um, and like I liked the um, the Shen songs, of course, and uh, thought Zero Seven was really cool. I liked that one quite a bit. Yeah, what song did they do? Zero Seven. Uh, in the Waiting Line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I mean this the soundtrack kind of like I said the the film itself is kind of independent and very um indie feeling and you know dealing with the the mid 20s sort of genre and the the soundtrack kind of has that same feel of being sort of indie kind of off the beaten path but also kind of uplifting and comforting at the same time. Like a like a like a warm sweater. Yes. Yeah, I'll have to go check out the check out the movie one of these days. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think I know it got positive reviews, and I think that most people who see it like it. Hello, uh, you're there, Matt. Okay. Um, where 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 did I get cut off? Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought we got everything. Oh, where well, I was about to talk about the titer, and then it. Oh no, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, we didn't. Hear... We thought you were. We done. heard um, that Simon and Gar- that. Only Living Boy in New York was your favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. Okay. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about Zero Seven, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, but I think for me, like as an album, because like, I, like I, we said before, I, I haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as an album, I think it had kind of the same problem with the uh, Tater from um, uh, last episode, where a lot of the songs are of that same kind of tempo. Yeah. And it and it just seemed really kind of like again a little bit exhausting, even just because it's sort of everything is kind of in that same kind of vein, and I just got mm. kind of like, okay, something happened, please. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah. but I mean, like, 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 I and it, but again, like the the Tater, um, a lot of the songs are individually good. It's it's just you know all stacked up like that is a little like, okay, you know, like, yeah. Shake I mean, it again, up. I Although I, I could have done without mm-hmm. the cold play. Hmm. Yeah. Well, two minutes won't kill you. Yeah. But I think that, uh, the, the whole soundtrack really works to embody the feeling of the movie. Uh, and it's all kind of contributing to the same mood. So I think that's why that kind of, it does sound, it is all of a similar tempo. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, as, as I said too, I'm mean, I'm coming at this like purely from an album standpoint and yeah. you know, I mean like it, it, it could all work really, really well in the movie. I don't, I mean, I'd assume cause you like the movie a lot, but I mean, I'll pick the soundtrack, but, but you know, it's like, I just, I just don't have the, uh, frame of reference in terms of the film. So, right. Yeah, I felt that I had the same experience when I was listening to your guys' picks. Yeah, especially for for your pick, Matt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. I picked the soundtrack to uh, one of my favorite films, The American Astronaut, as uh, directed by Corey Maccabee of The uh, Billionaire Show. And the soundtrack is... The backing is all by The Billionaire Show, but the music or the vocals are done by the actors in the movie. And uh, so uh, the and basically the 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 apparently the uh, kill switch phrase is to tell people that the song I picked was a. Is that correct? Uh, yep. Yeah. Did it go through? That time it did. I I know I know a I O U. Did we get did did we get a record? That, that okay that went through. Hot fucking damn. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. <laughs> the movie is kind of a musical uh, in its own right, so it's so there is kind of a, a narrative, which I guess maybe means that this wasn't necessarily the best album to pick. So I'll but I'll uh, give give kind of a crash course in the the film. Um. Basically, it's it's a film that's the the story is a one of the uh, series of trades kind of movies kind of storylines. the The thrust of the film is basically getting um, the uh, man on uh, the only man on Venus, which is populated solely by women except for the one man, has died, and his family back on Earth want want to have the remains just so they can give a proper burial and funeral and are prepared to pay very highly for for uh johnny r's remains uh but the thing is is that the women of venus will not give up the remains until they get a replacement man so what they need to so to go and get the man uh they go uh they have to go to jupiter to get which is a mining planet and populated only by men uh to get the boy who actually saw a woman's breast uh-huh. Which and that that that's how they keep the uh, miners in line is because even there's no women on the planet, but what they do is like every day for the 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 good miners, the ones who have done like the best job, they get to go and listen to the boy who actually saw women's breast describe the breast, and that's where a that's the the song that uh, a is is a is the opening. Uh, song for the the boy who actually saw woman's breast to he does the song and then he describes the breast it was soft and it was round and that's it <laughs> but um anyway to get the boy the uh like they need to replace you know something else to keep the 
keep the men in line. And so what they have is a uh, real life girl, which is a embryo in a box that the man who owns Jupiter, uh, Lee Valinsky, will grow up. Uh, and once she becomes 18, he will have sex with her and then describe the sex in graphic detail to the uh, to the the miners on Jupiter to keep them in line, which is even better than just having someone who's actually saw a woman's breast. Yeah, that's so, way better. Yeah, yeah, and all all the all the, all the while, um, the main character of the film, uh, played by Corey Maccabee himself, is being chased uh, through space by Professor Hess, who is a birthday boy, and he's basically a sociopath who he can. Uh, only kill people for no reason. The problem is that he has a reason to kill uh, Corey McAbee's character. So therefore he needs to track him down, forgive him, and then he can kill him. Hmm. And then there's all the, all, also other stuff going on too. But um, it's, it's a musical, as I mentioned. And it's, uh, I think, I think the billionaire show are like really, really awesome in terms of music. And I just think the film is amazing. And, um, yeah, it's just a really good one. Uh, and I think, I think honestly, I think the album holds up pretty well, but I guess we'll find out because I did see the movie first and then buy the album. So since neither of you guys have seen the movie, we'll see how it works. I watched the trailer at least. So that still doesn't mean I could make heads or tails of what was happening on the uh, CD. So, um, when it was very musical, the music was good. It was like, kind of like this, uh, mm you know, dirty 50s rock and roll kind of feel. But otherwise, it was, like, kind of disconnected. I'm like, okay, what am I listening to? How does this have anything? What is... it? it, it, okay. it I think I really need to see the movie to appreciate this one more. But the ones that are actual songs tend to work a little better. Oh, yeah. Hey, boy. Like, hey, uh, boy. Hey, boy. Yeah, I kind of agree with Rich. I think that um, the music itself... I thought the music was good, and... Um, I enjoyed it while I was listening to it, but it was hard to kind of really absorb without the context of the movie, I think. Um, so I think seeing the movie would help me sort of get a better sense of what's going on because otherwise, because it does sort of have at least somewhat of a, a narrative to it in the sense, at least in the very least sense that it follows the plot of the movie. But without knowing the plot of the movie, it can be, I think, less accessible. Fair enough. And yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I think it's on Netflix. And I, I very highly recommend the movie, honestly. I, I really do. As, in fact, when we were talking about uh, movies, mo- the movie show from last season, mm-hmm. I like I ended up going with Hedvig, but I was very close to choosing American Astronaut. So oh. it, it was one where I, I almost like flipped a coin practically. <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia says that this is a space Western. Oh, there we go. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's as good a good a description as any, really. Yeah, I like the and uh, space western as a genre. Yeah, and and uh, Corey Maccabee has done another film, uh, which was actually released as a serial, but you can get it on DVD as as basically a all one thing called Stingray Sam, which is another space western kind of. Um. And it's kind of similar in structure in terms of sound, uh, songs and being a musical to uh, American Astronaut. Um, 
Uh, it's similar structure to American Astronaut in that it's like the musical, you know. But um, yeah, it it's really good. But uh, apparently, the uh, Billy Nagar show have either like officially broken up or maybe just gone on hiatus. And he's got a new project called Captain Ahab's Motorcycle Club, which actually seems to be kind of a uh, intended to be more of a uh, collaborative crowdsourcing kind of. Uh, film and music collective and I've thrown a, a link to uh, Captain Ahab in the uh, show notes so but yeah. yeah my only exposure to Billy Nair prior to this was occasionally they play a song by, uh, by the Billy Nair show on the hour of slack mm-hmm. and don't ask me to identify anything yeah, because I can't yeah I think I think uh, Corey McAbee is a subgenius I think because I think they've played um, X Day at least once so yeah, for those who are not in the know, Andrew, mm-hmm. the uh, Hour of Slack is the radio show podcast of the Church of the Subgenius, the only religion that promises you eternal salvation for $35 now? I think it's 35 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got in when it was still 30 Yeah, same here. Yeah. Eternal salvation or triple your money back. Yes. Uh, all right. We better get to this last one before everything completely dies. Uh, my yeah. pick this week, is, yeah. My pick this week is the soundtrack to my favorite film by Wes Anderson, No Relation, The Royal Tenenbaums, um, featuring a score by Mark Mothersbaugh, which is why I checked the movie out in the first place. I'll admit, but uh, I got hooked on. Is he the guy from Devo? And yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like any Devo music at all, does it? No. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's why I checked out the movie, but I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with Wes Anderson, and. Uh, there's so many great songs on the soundtrack, but the best one is obviously Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard by uh, Paul Simon. So let's hear a little of that. Down and spit on the ground every time my name gets mentioned. And Papa said, oh, if I get that boy, I'm going to stick him in the house of detention. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose. The Queen of Corona See me and Julio down by the schoolyard See me and Julio down by the schoolyard Me and Julio down by the crack house <laughs> uh, Everybody's me <laughs> Anyway Yeah, so it's a It's a really It's a alternately hilarious and sad movie uh, The story is basically Royal Tenenbaum, the uh, Deposed patriarch of the Tenenbaum family who's been separated from his wife for uh, roughly 20 years, uh, finds out that his wife had, uh, is now in, is courting the, uh, the, the family's former accountant. Um, meanwhile, there's children who are uh, former prodigy, all former child prodigies, one a playwright, one a uh, tennis prodigy, and one a uh, business prodigy, all find themselves moving back into the house due to their own uh, collapses. And Royal moves in as well to try to win his wife back by claiming he has stomach cancer. And it just goes from there. And uh, the song me and Julio is played during a scene where he's uh, introducing him, where he's uh, taking his grandchildren uh, out and uh, showing them the uh, the fun side of New York. And it's worth noting that this uh, movie takes place in this sort of fairy tale New York that doesn't really exist. Um with places like 378th Street, 375th Street Y. There is no 375th Street New York, as far as I know. Hmm. And, uh, but it's just, it's a really interesting movie. Great, great songs. In fact, there's a couple songs in the movie that aren't on the soundtrack. 
um, Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones and uh, Everyone by Van Morrison. But it does have, the soundtrack does have a really cool orchestral version of Hey Jude. So I think this is this really stands up well on its own. You might recognize some of the songs uh, on the soundtrack, by the way, that from other another pick of mine. So yes, Nico. Yes, hopefully, uh, hopefully they were they they went up for a little better in context here. They actually did kind of because I remember being a little pained by the Nico pick, but for some reason, maybe because there were fewer songs <laughs> by her, um, I enjoyed them in the in the context of the soundtrack. Uh, this so I don't know if we included if we recorded the part where I said this earlier but I saw this movie years and years and years ago I was probably in high school um, and I remember very little of it uh, but it has because of the soundtrack it has made it it's made its way back onto my to watch list and um, I enjoyed the all of the the sort of musical interludes by Mark Mothersbaugh um, I thought those were quite cool and most of the artists are artists that I've heard a lot about of a lot about, but I haven't really listened to it all. So, um, like Bob Dylan, I can probably name you two Bob Dylan songs, and I would have to think really hard of what the second one is. Um, if you want to start with Bob Dylan, start with Blood on the Tracks. Okay, uh, Blood on the Tracks and um, Elliot Smith. Uh, the class. Whatever you do, by the way, don't start with the album that has Wigwam on it. That's <laughs> okay. self. That is self-portrait, and that is verboten. Got it. <laughs> is Wigwam a good song? Yes, but self-portrait is not a good album. Okay. Um, the Velvet Underground. So a lot of a lot of artists that I have heard of, but have not. I'm not really familiar with. Uh, and Me and Julio is a great song that I only knew about because Dave Matthews Band used to cover it way, 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 way back in the very, very early days, back in 91 and 92. Um, so I was a little bit familiar with it. So it was nice to uh, to hear the original. And uh, yeah, overall, I think the soundtrack has inspired me to watch the movie at some point in the future. Yeah, um, I, I love Wes Anderson, even though I've been derelict in the last three movies of actually seeing them. I have... Um, I have a copy of Darjeeling Limited, and I'm kind of waiting on Criterion to release uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and um, Moonrise Kingdom because I know it's coming. It's it's Criterion and and Wes Anderson are are like this. Mm-hmm. So look, you gotta go see Moonrise Kingdom sooner rather than later. Just like download it or something, whatever it takes. It's honestly his best film. Wow. Okay. Cool. But um, yeah, I I think even as an album though, I think Royal Tenenbaums as a soundtrack really works really well. I mean, it's very much like in the mixtape vein, basically like a mixtape curated by someone with really good taste. And uh, that goes to show because, you know, pretty much all of the uh, um, Wes Anderson soundtracks are like that. Um, even Life Aquatic, which I I do dig the um, Portuguese Bowie songs or Bowie covers, although it can get a little much and like I don't know if I could really sit down with like the full album of them that uh, came out by uh, Sue Jorge, uh, just because that's it's a little much, but but like still again like as the mixtape kind of thing goes, it is really cool. So yeah, I, I think this holds up as a really really great record. So even if I hadn't seen the Royal Tenenbaums, which would be awful because it's such a great movie, um, 
I I would Sorry. definitely dig this. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Yeah, we're here. Okay. Um, I would definitely dig this soundtrack. My work here is done. <laughs> I haven't. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not too well versed in the Wes Anderson filmography. I did see Moonrise Kingdom, and I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've seen enough of his films to really spill my seed over it, so to speak, yet over him. Have you uh, have you seen um, Rushmore or Bottle Rocket? No. Definitely check out. Like probably Rushmore is more essential, but mm-hmm. Bottle Rocket's real good too. I think Rushmore is on my to watch list. Let's see. Yeah, Rushmore is great. And the yes, way back in episode, I think it was episode two, season one, episode two, we talked about live at Leeds. Mm-hmm. And you know that's got the live version from uh, of uh, a quick one while he's away in it. Ah, yeah. Specifically, the uh, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Well, I shouldn't be doing that with my voice so fucked up. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's but yeah, it it's a great movie. Um, probably Wes Anderson's only not amazing movie is Life Aquatic, and even that's pretty good. Yeah, I I, 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 I like Life Aquatic. Uh, so did I, but it's like it's 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 the one that gets the most slagged. That's true. <laughs> but. Uh, for me, the, the, my favorite movie is Moonrise Kingdom. My favorite soundtrack is Royal Tenenbaums. Mm. Cool. So, yeah. So, but yeah, it's he's a he's an auteur. You know, he he plans everything out meticulously. Like, there's the uh, increasing use of like symmetric framing of shots. Yeah. I love that. Like, uh, also like in Royal Tenenbaums, the uh, Futura Bold uh, is pretty much on every single sign or bus or anything. It's just gives it a really kind of cool effect if you notice it. Because it's like, you, know, you see like a school bus that has a future bold. And school bus don't usually have future bold on them, you know, or... Yeah. And it's, it's just a really cool effect. And it's actually kind of funny because there's um, the um, Seattle Convention Center... Uh, all, all uses future a bold on its its sign, and it's always like, "Oh, we're in a Wes Anderson movie now. Great." <laughs> <laughs> well, the connection's obviously going to hell. We better wrap this up. Yeah, made it through. Ooh, it's gonna be fun editing this. Um, where can we find each other online? Andrew, go. AndrewMarvin.net, Andrew Marvin on Twitter, Andrew Marvin on App.net, and the rest of the internet. Matt. KittySneezes.com and KittySneezes on Twitter, Tumblr, and all that other stuff. Yay, I'm Sanspoint.com, Sanspoint on Twitter, Sanspoint on the AppNet, Sanspoint on the Last FM, and uh, com occasionally gets updated too. Mm-hmm. And we're, of course, CrushOnRadio.com, Crush on Radio on the iTunes and the Twitter. Live us a review. Love us. We love you. Don't rate this episode. We're also on the Facebook. Well, if you, you know, rate, rate this episode five stars because of all we had to put up with. Yes. We deserve it. Yes. So, uh, this is Matt. Thank you for putting in from Benghazi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk in uh, in two weeks. All right. Hooray. Bye. Bye. Bye.